Hello and welcome to the Three Plain Sports Podcast. Just three plain guys from the Great Plains, talking a lot of sports, some sports betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host and producer, Dylan, joined by two huge Caitlin Clark fans. First, currently having a liquid lunch, Cat Whisperer, Jason Hayward supporter, and tweeter, Colin. Good evening. Finally, with a fucked up nose that women love, on the record as not being a sexual harasser, ever disappointed fan of the most 500 team ever in Major League Baseball history, Sam. Thank you, Dylan. And he's single, ladies. Uh, so we are recording this on Tuesday, April 4th, uh, after the uh, first full weekend of baseball. Um, I got a couple little pre-game news tidbits for everybody. Uh, actually, I have a carryover from last week, so you might uh, both be happy or disappointed to know that uh, Carson Briere dismissed from the Mercyhurst hockey team after uh, allegations and video alleging allegedly that he pushed a two thousand dollar uh, wheelchair down some stairs. I am utterly shocked. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, second second college team he's been dismissed from. Yeah, at that point, if it was his first one or, like, you know, first offense of anything and he, like, paid off, like, it paid for that shit and, you know, apologized and it was his first instance of being an idiot, a different story, but him being, like, known piece of shit uh, previously <laughs> doesn't exactly uh, give you much leniency. Sam, do you have stairs at your job? I actually do not. Oh, lame. One floor operation. I know Colin doesn't have any stairs. Unless, do you guys have a basement, Colin? We have a basement. We have a cellar. Uh, How many things have you pushed down the stairs? Pushed down the stairs? Unfortunately, uh, none. I've had to take way too much shit up those stairs. Does the uh, grocery store, either the one like across the street or the one next to where you work, have any of like the courtesy uh, wheelchairs? Oh, yeah. Sprouts absolutely does. Well, I wasn't going to say it. I was trying to leave some level of anonymity. But, all right, yeah, the Sprouts does. You should push it down some stairs, take a video. Uh, well, I, I prefer to watch just their cart guy ghost ride it around the parking lot, so I'd prefer to leave it intact. Actually, you could probably bribe one of the homeless people with a free bottle of alcohol to, like, ride it down the stairs. Ah, uh, see, I despise all of them, so no. Hey, come on. It's entertainment value. Uh, and in a similar vein, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't even remember which day this was. Obviously, it was one of the opening uh, on the opening series for the Angels. But Anthony Rendon took a swing at a fan. He's been suspended four games. Have either of you seen that? I sure did. It was, it was pretty damn entertaining. They looked like they were about to kiss in that video. I, I think swing, taking a swing is a little bit... Um, that's, that's I agree. the headline I read. That's a little bit overblown. He it implies a kinda punch. Sw- he kind of swatted at him. He was yeah. closer to like trying to like. It almost looked like he was trying to knock the guy's hat off. I can't even remember yeah. if the guy was wearing a hat, but he was. He was, uh, he was wearing forward. his hat. He legitimately, if the guy did not pull his head back, I think you you might be exactly right that Rendon was just going to knock it off by like like whacking him under the brim. Yeah, I I listened to some interesting commentary on that where they kind of feel that both parties are at fault one you can't act like that if you're in like the public spotlight on tv you know playing major major league baseball on the other hand just because you're a fan in the stands and paid for your ticket doesn't mean you get to egg somebody on like that yeah but also i think rendon um it you know unfortunately qualifies potentially as a bit of a bitch so 
Uh, I I heard the fan speaking a little bit of truth. Uh, maybe if he called him fragile bitch, he would have been really on the right track and not in the right. But Rendon is coasting off the one good year he really had where they won the title after Bryce left. Since then, he has been one of the most fragile motherfuckers in the league. Did either of you take Anthony Rendon as uh, take take his MVP future? <laughs> I cannot say I was on that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, big big time believer in him. He is about as healthy as the one uh, Royals motherfucker. Sam, was that a uh, is that Mondesi? Alberto Mondesi is who you're Mondesi. thinking. Of. He's yeah. on the Red Sox Mon- now, but yeah, long time Royal, long time member of the Royals injured list. Yeah, <laughs> long time. I'm. I bet he's probably had more days on IL than he has career games played for the Royals. He's like the Zion Williamson of the Kansas City Royals. But not I, I, that talented. I, yeah, I was about to say there's there's a talent gap there <laughs> yeah, in their respective sports. That's <laughs> very fair. I guess he could be like he, eh, Greg Oden might be a stretch too. I don't know. We don't need an NBA yeah. equivalent to it. Either way, it's 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 a disaster for Alberto Monesi and all of his joints and, and soft tissue. <laughs> okay, and then I have one more little pregame item that I found interesting. I actually, found this one right before the podcast here. Uh, from CBS consultant Jim Williams, this is like CBS programming, sports programming consultant or something like that is his job title. Uh, he believes the Pac-12 is unlikely to find a media partner to air 50% of its games. Uh, the Pac-12 is looking for a, a large like network media partner to air approximately 50% of all Pac-12 games. Uh, but that's not the most interesting thing because we know the Pac-12 is a trash fire and that they're having they really don't have the product on field or at least haven't been able to market it well enough to get a good partner. They are currently looking at Ion and the CW. Uh, they're going to try to follow air. the live golf route with the CW. <laughs> like wow. I, this is. I don't remember what channel, but I was flipping through like the weird over the air channels you get there, like dot whatever, because now you get like 50, 60, 70 channels over the air for some unknown reason. And one of them was still in 4 3 aspect ratio, and it was HBCU basketball. And this is, this is similar vibes to that, I feel. Yeah, no, I mean. Who? That's what. That's what. Fuck them. That's what they get for doing the Pac-12 network on its own thing. Like you, you guys already weren't that big of a. Like you're the pat. You're the fucking. You're fifth in the Power Five. You're the You're the Make a Wish Power Five, and like did good. Fuck them. Like they don't deserve it. They're losing their best teams, so it's just even worse. Why would you want to air their shit? Uh, quick, actually, that's, that's a great point, Colin, about being worse than the, the Power Five. How would you rank the five conferences in the Power Five? In terms uh, of, of, like, are we talking across all sports? Like uh, football product on field, because that's what this is related okay, to, fo- is the football, football and, media. And we're treating it yeah. as, like, before OU, like, uh, before right OU now, in Texas. Yeah, right now, upcoming be... season. Okay. Colin. Did anybody leave yet? Oh, oh, oh no! Now. But the but the Big, Big Twelve is added this season. Yep, that's yeah. that's what I, that's what I was trying to figure out. Um, I don't think the Big I, Twelve additions really affect where it stands with football. Personally, I think well, on on field product it goes SEC one. As much as I hate to say it, agreed. you know, like it, it it's a bitter truth, you know. But 
and then, then the big then after ten, that, in my opinion, I think uh, it's I I would fairly flip. It's I would say it's I would say it's Big Ten, but right behind them's the Big Twelve, and then ACC, and then Pac twelve, just because of Clemson, pretty much, you know. Okay, so that's from on field product. Now let's and I, Sam it sounds like you kind of agree, right? No, 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 like. Yeah, Real. I pretty much I pretty much would have shook them out the same way. I do think the Big Ten is is probably comfortably ahead of the Big Twelve. Not necessarily like I, I guess on an every year basis, but most of the time, like the the Big Twelve is not putting out multiple programs on the levels of uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State out of the Just Big Ten. We're plus so much the consistency better. of your Iowa, Wisconsin schools like that that are competitive year in year out, even if they're not dominant. I do think the Big Ten is ahead of the Big 12 as much as I am a Big 12 lover. Now, I would argue, in terms of fun to watch, uh, the Pac-12 is probably top three of the Power 5 in, like, fun to watch, because sometimes it's fun to watch bad football, and also it's one of those conferences where there's a lot of parity besides, like, USC. So, you know. You yeah, that's fair. Get really I, I don't think the Big you. Ten is particularly fun to watch. So I mean, that's, that's yeah. That that's, that's why I put it more neck and neck. Oh no, I think the Big Ten. Where else are you going to get the Big Ten where you have like? Where else are you going to see an Iowa Northwestern matchup where the over is like seventeen points? See, yeah, yeah. I get I get a kick out of that without watching. It. <laughs> yeah, it that's fun to look at from like the oh, seeing the odds or seeing them talk about how shitty Iowa's offense is or, you know, their coach saying, well, why would we switch quarterbacks? You know, there's not, a, like... I think, I, I think he, yeah, what what possible good could come from that, I think was more along the lines of what he said. And he was right uh, later in the season, it turns out. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not like that offense was going to get substantially worse. That whole, like, there's multiple, like, that, that... Fuck watching Iowa last year. Like, they were good to turn on for a couple minutes and laugh at, and then it's like, oh my god, I don't want to watch this. This is, one, boring, two, just quite a bit sad at a certain point. Uh, I'd like to point out it's been, like, hundreds of days since Iowa last beat Nebraska in one of the major sports. Very happy for you. Yeah. Uh, all right, so out of the pregame news items into something I like to call slow pitch, fast pitch, where I come up with sports takes and give one to each of these guys ahead of the to- ahead of time. The other guy has to blind react to it. Uh, the slow pitch is supposed to be an easier take. Uh, the fast pitch is supposed to be a little hotter. Uh, now, these are hot takes based on what I feel and based on what I think maybe the audience would believe more so than what sam or colin might believe is the hotter take and i was asked to do this last week so let's try this again colin do you think yours is the take i texted you this morning is the slow pitch or the fast pitch you're on mute can't hear you oh well that was silly um i definitely think i'm on the fast pitch okay sam what do you think uh, I would I would probably have guessed slow pitch, but I think this one definitely falls kind of right in the middle. I think the, mine, mine's actually, I, I'd say, just a fairly interesting uh, conversation starter. All righty. Well, let's find out. Slow pitch. Every sports fan deserves to be a fan of at least one team. Actually, no, only one team that is always good or a juggernaut in their sport, et cetera, et cetera. You know, somebody who, you know, you expect them to be good coming into the season and then they don't, they rarely disappoint 
so poorly that you're upset. Most of the time, you know, they're just you they win, you expect them to win and they win. Sam, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I I am going to go ahead and endorse this take and obviously it's 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 something of an applicable situation for me and my personal sports fandom having KU basketball, which has been just like the beacon of consistency pretty much in my entire life, as opposed to all of the Chicago sports franchises I've followed that have just kind of come crashing through unsuccessful rebuilds in most cases. Um, I, I will say I think that deserve is a strong word because I think there are a lot of sports fans who I would argue don't deserve a whole hell of a lot of anything. Um, so I, I might consider scaling this back to seeing that every, every sports fan deserves to at least experience a championship from one of their uh, their beloved teams at some point in their life. I think that's that that's a legitimate tragedy when you have, like say, people who are just – a diehard Cleveland fan for 50 years and <laughs> and died and never saw the 2017 Cavs or 2016 Cavs, whatever. Uh, that shit really bums me out to think about. I, I feel like overall, though, I, I, I'm with you. I think that it, it just greatly improves the experience of being a sports fan. It kind of helps you put other things in perspective. Like for me, I – KU right now is fourth. I saw this today in like championship odds for next year, and they, we don't even know who the fuck is going to be on the roster for the most part at this point. So and that just speaks to how you know how obviously good Bill Self is, how consistent the program is, and it's just easy on my peace of mind to know I'm going to have a fun fucking time watching that team next year because this year was something of like a rebuilding season, so to speak, or a reload after we graduated a few guys, won a title and lost like 70% of our scoring or whatever it was. And it was still a damn fun team and probably the most fun team to follow of any of my teams this year. And it's, you'll get that experience pretty frequently. So I'm with you, and I like this take. I think, I think there's a lot to, to unpack with this. I, I just want to put this in perspective. So, Sam, you are a uh, Chicago Bulls fan. How are they doing? They are pretty fucking bad and hopeless. Um, they had some good years. Obviously, they had the dynasty pretty much right as I was coming into the world. Quick answer. How are they okay, doing this uh, year? Hey, I, I could talk all day, but they're doing shitty, and they have no no direction. They're White fine. Sox, most 500 team in MLB history. Uh-huh, a little less depressing version of the Bulls, but similar trajectories. Uh, the Bears on their way to, like, maybe a 5-12 and 12 season. Exciting, though. And they they could actually do better than that because they, they have added a lot of talent, and they're going to have an easy schedule. Um, but yeah, I mean they're not going to be championship contenders this year. However, they're they're fun right now. They're the team that the hope is in in Chicago because they are young, flexible, and on the upswing. OU football, um, no promises. Limbo. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, but Limbo. KU basketball every year, good. Now Colin, I don't think has that. Um, and would you say no. he deserves that? <laughs> uh, I might no. have to make an exception to this one. <laughs> See, I think deserve is, um, you know, not what I would say. Fuck them. Like, tough shit. Life's, life sucks, man. Well, maybe for <laughs> Life's you. not fair. Life's not fair, at least. So, <laughs> sorry you fucking are... Uh, what an Arizona sports fan hasn't seen success of any kind? Would that be like if you had encompassed people uh, like easy? Yeah, I mean, about our had... age, they won the two thousand World Series, right? Well, yeah, and they had that season. Uh, and they had that season with Kurt Warner. 
uh, they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they but win, that, that, yeah. yeah, but they didn't win. So and now I the mean, the Suns are decent now, right? They are, but they <laughs> yeah, but they've also title. not won. So like maybe that the Coyotes they've, have never been good. They've <laughs> yeah, they're shit. <laughs> So maybe not a great example. They've sniffed opportunity at it, but I'm like, I don't think everyone deserves something good given to them. Okay, okay. Look at this from my perspective. Okay, I sit down uh, in September to watch college football, and I watch Nebraska lose to Georgia Southern, and their coach get fired after after going to after losing to Northwestern in uh, Ireland. I uh, I sit down during basketball season and okay yeah Creighton's pretty good this year. That's not the case every single year. Nebraska is a fucking dumpster fire. I don't give a shit about the NBA, but if I did, the Houston Rockets are garbage. I go uh, <clears throat> watch the Vikings somehow make the playoffs, and and this is where Sam got into it. It's not fun to watch. I mean, you're sitting there, you're stressed out. They're making stupid mistakes. They don't deserve to win any of those games. And then you know what? March thirtieth, twenty twenty three rolls around. I get to sit down. You know, watch the Astros. I know they lost their opening game. Let's get past that until we get to the MLB section later. Uh, but I get to sit down. You know what? I get to sit down and watch a good product be put on the field and something that I can be proud of and sit and enjoy, you know? And that's something to be said there where I don't get out of pretty much any other sport that I watch for the teams that I'm a fan of. I mean, that that's just good for you, but also, eh, not everyone deserves it. Like you. Uh, yeah, sure. Fuck it. I mean, what? What's the last good thing I've had? It was the Cubs World Series in 2016. I mean, there's uh, that year the Thunder was good. Uh, the Thunder hasn't. Uh, the Thunder. Th- Thunder never won a title. <laughs> but they were very good for. Most you you don't have to yeah. win a title to be good. Yeah, yeah. Thunder, but Thunder, the Thunder are honestly one of the best of... run organizations in, in the sport. Agree to disagree. Uh, but you know, it's like, they've given me good, like good times, but also like, that's the thing when they don't do it and they get there, I feel like it almost, it hurts you more than if you just have a shitty team as well, because like, ah, you you fucking, you got super attached to it towards the end and they couldn't quite get it like that. That hurts more than just being shit the whole time. That's what the ride is all about though. I know. I'm just saying like, it doesn't guarantee, like just being getting that close doesn't guarantee happiness. Even if they're good is what I'm saying. Like and, if you can grow, I'm not going to grandstand for too long here. You you just need to grow and find it, Colin, because it does. I've been I've been sitting here on cloud nine still about KU, and they fucking shit their pants in the round of 32. I don't even care, dude. Our coach, we we don't know if he's going to retire tomorrow. People are, are are tweeting up a storm about it. I don't think he is. I think we're in fucking Nirvana. I did. I mean, we were we were sitting next to you during the Arkansas game. You were in hell, but. I mean, yeah, but you also have last year's title to still be sort of sitting on as well. Good of point. Recent, yeah, like, <laughs> if, if they hadn't won since 08, and they lost in the title game last year, and fucking look so good all year and suck shit like they did this year, I don't think you're having as fun of a time. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I, just I, I think you're, I think you're still riding high on, on a year ago, which is, like, you're able to do. Like, you, you know... Three, like five years holding on to a title is probably a bit much, but a, a good first, you know, freshman, senior year, four year window is about how yeah. much I think you can still enjoy the start of stuff, like or a title. That's I, fair. So. See, see, that's 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 where the Astros are because I can sit down and enjoy them because I have never had fun watching a football game of the teams I follow, except for OU. But let's put that a little off to the side for a minute. Uh, my entire life that I remember Nebraska football, they've been like one like 
just tiny little snafu away from throwing everything the fuck away, and it happens every fucking year. The Vikings, <laughs> fucking wide right or wide left or whatever the fuck Blair Walsh was, I would punch his punch his sorry <laughs> ass in the face. <laughs> This has never been fun. You sit there and you're like, "This is th- when's this going to go poorly for me?" I don't sit there and watch the Astros and think, "When's this going to go poorly for me?" It might go poorly, but it's not expected like it is with any of the other teams I follow. Even Creighton, it's like, "Okay, where are they going to fuck this up this time?" You know, they're, it, it's, it actually matters right now. How, how are they going to fuck me on this? Ryan Nemhard says, "Want to hold my beer?" <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I just don't think everyone deserves it. You know, maybe other good things are going for you in life, at least. Hopefully. Like, you're, like, like you're allowed to be a Yankees fan, but then you got to be, like, also a Jets fan to even it out. I, I, I wouldn't even say that, <laughs> but you, you just can't be, like, picking and choosing the major just, you know, I'm a, I'm a Yankees, Lakers, Cowboys fan. Or if you actually want to go after success, they'd be a Patriots fan. But well, yeah, I mean that's different, though. That's not. Yeah, well, but I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying, like, if they have one good one, doesn't mean they have to have bad ones to counteract it. They just can't be fucking sniping around the country to the best teams and being just bandwagon for every sport. See, you want to know a good example of some motherfuckers not deserving something, and that is the entire population of Boston and surrounding areas. Uh, getting to sit around for the last 20 years and watch the Patriots win six titles and the Red Sox win, what, three? I don't fucking know. A, a handful. Have the Bruins one. have been good the whole time. The Celtics, yeah, have won. They were just in the finals again, dude. Like, nobody deserves that level of, uh, of the experience, but that's, I guess that's that's not really what we're discussing here. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, good discussion. Let's move on to the fast pitch where Colin also uh, successfully guessed his take. Uh, I think the Rangers are going to end the season as the best major league team in Texas. Colin, so I definitely sell this take. I, I not from a I want it to be. I want to be right here, but it's just sort of rational. Um, I like the Yank. Not the Yank. Jesus Christ, the Astros are just a better team on paper even with their departures may their pitching have gotten a little weaker yes but their fucking offense is still pretty damn good it's uh as much god forbid jeremy pena gets really really good this year like and then where the rangers have maybe a starting pitching advantage degrom's gonna get hurt in a matter of fucking weeks so it won't i have some thoughts on degrom so it's like he already got hurt in spring training like immediately. So it's like it's just a matter of time before he gets hurt. I thought that was a horrible deal. Um, I think the and, and their bats aren't that good. I mean, you're still relying on Marcus Simeon to, you know, make his worthwhile for the big contract they gave him. So I don't think the Rangers – I think the Rangers will be probably they, – they might – they'll be just above the, the A's. Right there, maybe with the Angels in their in their division. So I don't expect them to be good. Sam, what do you think on that one? I definitely uh, would also have guessed that this was the hot take. I think this one is pretty spicy, and I, I do respect it 
a little bit coming from the Astros fan, although I almost feel like you're trying to reverse jinx this out of existence. The first thing that popped into my mind when I heard this, as our audience knows, I did not hear this take coming in the way Colin did. I, I jumped to the exact same thing he pointed out, which was that DeGrom's going to get hurt as far as I'm concerned. It, it's damn near an inevitability. I think if you can guarantee a world where he pitches, he starts 30 games, I mean, that that might have some legitimate impact on their win-loss. And I do respect like the additions they've been making it, as far as in the lineup is concerned as well. I think they'll be better than like a tick above the A's, like you're thinking, Colin. But I, I don't see them being better than the Astros. I As much as I hate to say it, I respect some of the, the talent level on the Astros like and the depth of talent, the player development on the Astros that Texas really just doesn't quite have despite spending big on some big names that are good players. And I think Houston is still the better team and is going to show it over the course of 162. Oh, this is uh, sorry. I just clarifying. I definitely think they'll be above the A's, like distinctively. I think they'll be like a tick behind the Angels and and sort of just mediocrity. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I could see them landing anywhere in there with the Angels. I think they'd be more likely to finish ahead of the Angels personally. But who knows? That's what that's that, more that, me just hating on the Angels and figuring they're. You it's know, the just Angels expecting. It's, it's like Degrom getting injured. It's expecting the Angels to waste Trout and Otani for another yeah, year. Exactly. Yeah, and, and do so very, very egregiously with lots of of uh, L's in the column. This is definitely an overreaction take on my part. Uh, you know, splitting the series with the White Sox, uh, not a great feeling to be completely honest. Despite all the things I just said about the Astros and then also uh, losing that one to the Tigers. Um, I have to look back on the score. I have it on the background sound off because obviously we're recording. Um, I'm worried I'm going to be disappointed again. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I don't know how behind yeah. the inning is or isn't, but uh, the Motor City Kitties just took the lead. Looks like an yeah. error by the shortstop. Is that Pena shit in his pants? Yeah, he's still got the out. They won't, they won't call it an error, but he, he fucked up a grounder. Yeah, so that was kind of an overreaction. Now, granted, uh, we'll we'll get into more baseball after we go over another topic. But, yeah, the Astros have a rough start to the season, just like they did last year. Um, I'm worried that it's not going to shape up. They do have some injuries. Now, granted, those guys are expected to be back. Um, you got Jose Altuve. You have uh, Lance McCullers. Um, Michael Brantley is the third one. He's a major contributor on the uh, hitting side. So, uh, but I'm worried. You know, those guys come back, they're not right. It it could very well go poorly. Now, the Rangers seem to be maybe better than they were last year. Sure, I sure hope so after, what, a 68 win or so season last year, which is pretty rough for that, for that uh, organization. Uh, I do want to point out, because I was looking at the uh, Rangers' individual statistics, and I, I don't want to get too far off topic, but uh, without looking, Sam or Colin... What would you put the over under for uh, Degrom, Jacob Degrom's uh, ERA so far this season? Oh, he got beat the shit out of by the Phillies. I think they put <laughs> maybe five or six on him in probably four to five innings. So I'd assume probably a nice uh, like fourteen and a half. Now, granted, he yeah, he's only had one start, right? So Sam, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was about to ask if he's had one or two starts. I'll say I'll say twelve and a half. Play the Price is Right game. Hope I'm under Colin. Uh, yes, Sam. You're well. You you would have lost the Price is Right because you're uh, over. 
Okay, but, yeah, uh, did he allow he's at, five? So he's I should have said a dollar. Twelve, twelve point two seven. Uh, wow. So what? He probably let up six and five and change innings or some shit. So yes, or five runs, six hits. Uh, I don't know how many innings he did with a whopping one point six whip. Yeah, that had. Uh, yeah. No, they teed off on him. I. I, I don't have that on my good for later, but I absolutely had the over in that game because it was like six and a half or seven. And I was like, DeGrom's probably going to fuck something up. The Rangers would, should be better at the plate than they were last year, so I let it that rip. So yeah. I, did, I was on the over of that game. Yeah. Last mention of this, but it'll be curious to see how poorly that, uh, that whole transaction goes for the Rangers this year or how much better he gets. But we're going to take a little break from baseball uh, because I want to move into some Final Four discussion and ultimately the NCAA title game discussion. Sam, you watched at least one of the Final Four games. Why don't you take us away? I did. Uh, unfortunately, well, I'm not going to say unfortunately. It was a really damn good game. I watched the back half of, of very intently of Florida Atlantic uh, and in and their Final Four game against San Diego State. And FAU was fairly comfortably ahead for a good margin of that game. They looked pretty damn strong. I, I just remained thoroughly impressed by them pretty much start to finish in the tournament. Um, and obviously that one came down to the one and only buzzer-beating, game-deciding shot of the tournament. Um, as, as San Diego State, I, I respected them. They did not take the timeout down one got the rebound and just took it up the court and said, we're going to let our guys play and see if we can get a bucket and win this thing. Guy stepped up and knocked down the shot. Really fucking exciting. I, I was heartbroken because I really was rooting for FAU. It was easier to stomach with San Diego State being a, a mid-major, so to speak, still at this point. Um, but really a shame to me that such a cool moment did have to come uh, in the form of ruining a great Cinderella story with FAU. So that bummed me out. I did not have the chance to watch as much of UConn and Miami, but that one was a pretty similar story to all of UConn's games in the tournament. Pretty comfortable victory. Yeah, no, it. I think I might have texted or said it in some sort of group, but it's just tra- It's like you don't almost feel as good for SDSU on that buzzer beater knowing that well, they're both sort of Cinderella runs. They killed the other Cinderella. That would have been a bigger Cinderella team. Where you're yeah. like, you're bummed for FAU. So, like, even as like an outside fan of any of those, all of us don't didn't have any affiliations. It's just a a bummer. And you're like, fuck. I like fuck that. At least I I think I said I'd rather lose by. I mean, obviously you'd rather lose by five than a buzzer beater against you. But, like, I think from the outside fan, you'd rather it be just, like, slightly out of reach before rather than seeing that final shot go through the net and be like, wow, fuck, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, I called it last week because I'd watched, I kept a pretty close eye on Big East basketball, you know, all season. So I knew UConn was probably slightly underseeded. I expected them to come into the tournament maybe as three seed. They had a couple late losses that, you know, tore them down to that four seed, but. Uh, yeah, they they were like the only uh, what you would consider almost automatic team all the way through the tournament, you know. And, oh, and looking oh, yeah, at looking at that final four, it's hard to pick anybody else. I, I know I bet against them, sort of in the uh, 
in the final there. We'll talk about that in the betting segment. But um, it, it's it's really hard to pick against them. I made them my pick last week when we talked about who we like to win it all. Uh, Colin famously picked uh, Miami. What a garbage well, take that was. I said UConn probably wins. I would rather see Miami You beat definitely them, picked Miami. I listened to the podcast. I'm like, you two assholes. And uh, you were definitely were so going much. off about <laughs> Miami. I said they were the best chance to beat them. Probably. I, I was drunk. I don't know. Sure, likely story. So it's fine. It's fine when you're when you're drunk on the podcast. You just throw things away. But you're drunk literally any other time. You're fine. Complete Uh, control. Memory was. I mean, my memory to what exactly I said may be a little fuzzy. (laughs) Never responsible. Uh, Sam, did you watch any of the uh, any of the championship game? I unfortunately couldn't as I've been working on moving and I was I was mostly tied up. But uh, is it is it shitty to have that on a Monday? I get why they do it. You want the two full days of rest. What would you guys think if you had um, like a Friday Final Four? Let's say you had one as like a six p.m. start and then I don't know like an eight or a nine p.m. start on a Friday night, and then ultimately have your uh, your final be on Sunday evening. I could definitely oh. get on board with that. I get why they go Saturday for the Final Four, and it's just being a little easier not having to go quite as late with the start time for the first game, and obviously there's a good chunk of delay between the two games. But I, I do agree I'd rather have the championship game on a Sunday than a Monday. It's, it's just it's a bummer. I, I feel like there's a night. massive opportunity. You know, you know. Let, let, before I get too far into that, there, let's let's touch on the, the final for just a little bit. It kind of sucked. The first five minutes were really good. Uh, and then I tuned out for a little bit. It was still on, but I, I didn't, wasn't paying as close of attention. And then, you know, I come back and all of a sudden, you know, UConn's up by like five or six or seven. And it, it's, de- it's not that big of a deficit, but like San Diego's not doing shit to try to catch it back up. It, there's just like nothing happening for San Diego after the first like five minutes of that game, and then well, I, I go mean, in. That's, oh, I'm sorry. And, and, and all of a sudden it's halftime, and they're talking about what does San Diego do to get back in? And yeah, the the guys in the booth are, are have some ideas, but they're like, yeah, there's really nothing they can do other than trying to control this game. Which, if San Diego could, could control the game, they would have controlled the tempo uh, and controlled it defensively from the beginning like they've done against Creighton, like they've done against everybody they've beaten the tournament thus far with their superior defense, their good size, and then their ability to control the clock when they are, um, you know, really uh, able to play the game they want to play. Yeah, they're they're like most, I think, mid-majors that are successful end up being a defensively solid team. I mean, you have to be. I mean, they're, they're, they're a better talent. They're but, a mid-major like, with a high-major roster, though. Yeah, I mean, SDSU, like, their whole thing was playing slow, you know, on offense, using the shot clock, and then defensively solid. And at a certain point, there, there are games where you are just not going to be able to compete if you can't stop the fucking team that is, you know, higher, higher tempo, high scoring, shoots a lot of threes, um... That there's just it's one of those games you don't come back from and like you'll I bet if you look at their season that couple losses they may have the one or two of them will be high scoring blowouts that they they just had to eat. Yeah, like I said, at the end of it, disappointing game. I was really thinking it was going to be closer just because of San Diego's defense. Um, 
unfortunately, what was it like a, I don't even remember what the finals, like 76 to 59. So 17 point game. Yeah. I mean, UConn was in control outside of that first five minutes where SDSU was able to keep like the tempo they wanted. It was, it was UConn the whole way. I mean, that team was unbelievably better than whatever was going to come out of FAU SDSU. And almost, I feel like FAU should be not happy per se with their exit, but the optics of it, maybe they get their shit run even worse by UConn and have just such a bummer of a like a TCU Georgia f- final game because like SDSU is still rough, but like they kept it reasonable for most of the game. Hey Sam, walk us through last year where you had North Carolina KU. What was the score in that game? Approximately. Oh, I'm, trying, I'm not sure if I can remember the final, but I know that we were down 40 to 25 at half, and we won by three. I think I think it was 72-69, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was 72-69. How often had we had something like that in the NCAA tournament, where like the the last game, you know, the final, the championship game, hasn't been maybe not a blowout, but been very decisive in one way or another. Besides, obviously, that 2022 final. It's fairly I mean, common. I mean, the the one right before was uh, was Baylor Gonzaga, and Gonzaga was super hyped coming into that. I think favored, and Baylor just fucking blew the doors off them by like twenty, and that one was was not close even by the end of the first half, and they never got it close. Um, uh, Texas Tech to... Virginia would have been the one prior to that because I think we had the yeah. COVID break, and that the thing is that one. was that one went OT. Villanova beat Michigan pretty decisively, I think. Uh, Obviously, Nova UNC was was super close. close, So it's almost like they alternate. Uh Um, But it's fairly, it's like, yeah, it is, it's a good mix of tight games and fairly frequent games, like you're saying, Dylan, where kind of the superior team is so hot and so good at that point that they just come out and show it for 40 minutes and then put the game on. feel with this final four i knew it was going to be a letdown no matter what happened just because like okay it's been such a great tournament this far and now i'm just going to watch the one team that's proven to beat everybody decisively beat the last you know beat uh san diego decisively and and win the whole thing which great for them i mean you play great basketball all year with a couple exceptions, you play great basketball through the tournament. You deserve to win that, right? I mean, it, it's a legitimately a situation in which the best team may have won, you know? Yeah, and I will yeah. say, so I looked it up. Since 2010, only four of these games are double-digit losses, um, and that's including one that was 53-41 for UConn. Oh, was that Kemba's win, 2011? Uh, against Butler, yeah, I believe that's, yeah. that's correct. That I game sucked. Okay, so you would know better than me. Um, Kentucky beat Kansas in 2012 by eight. I assume that, that was one, a good game. It honestly really wasn't. That game was we were at arm's length the whole time. Unfortunately, that game sort of like was that. No SDS, pretty much, yeah. Um, but then you have Louisville, uh, the Kevin Ware year, winning by six over <laughs> Michigan. Um, UConn with uh, would that be Jeremy Lamb and who else was on uh, that Shabazz team? Napier. Thank I, I don't you. Know if, I don't know if Lamb. I remember I that Lamb. name. Lamb might have been gone by then, I think, but uh, I think even okay, Ryan Boatwright maybe. Right. I don't know if he was if he was there yet, but, but it was so Napier they, and LeBron. Dude, LeBron made the Heat draft his ass just because of that tournament, and he sucked in the league. Funny shit. But that was a six point game. I mean, that was close. Duke beat Wisconsin in 
2015 by five. I don't remember that one. Better yet, sorry, LeBron made the Heat draft his ass and then left the Heat the same offseason to go back to Cleveland, and then Napier sucked in the league. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so overall, the Final Four championship game, would we call that a disappointment this year, considering how good the first two rounds were? I'd say no. slightly, but the fact that we got the, the buzzer beater in uh, the FAU game is hard to knock. That was the a, only a, a, a walk-off buzzer beater. Or, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's correct. So Furman was I'll, the closest I'll, thing we had. Yeah, yeah I'll bitch about this for just a moment. But saying that it sucks having like the bigger seeds later in this in the tournament makes those games get worse. It's it's sort of the enjoy the ride like some of these teams are still gonna like you can't get every good game so that good game in the first round where you get the upset that leads to this probably has much more in my opinion value on the just experience than maybe a good elite eight or final four matchup or even title game like i think if i don't know what you're talking about creighton yukon would have been a great final that we still would have been a six and a, and a four. <laughs> yeah, that would have still been a six and a four where it's still not Cinderella, Cinderella, but it's still impressive. So I just, I hated hearing that narrative pop out this year because of all the upsets going, oh, it makes it not as good at the end. Get over it. Like, the beginning was, is I think, the most fun of the tournament anyway. That's why I take those days off. You know what, Colin? I'll let you have the last word on this one. I agree. Uh, okay, let's move on from basketball uh, since we're kind of done with that for now unless we somehow get into the NBA, maybe around NBA Finals time, even though I'll have no fucking clue what's going on. Uh, and into our first full weekend, weekend, not week, first full weekend of baseball and maybe our reactions, maybe our overreactions like I've already stated and maybe some predictions on who we like to you know make the playoffs if there's anybody you think should be in the mvp race that's not maybe obvious um what you like what you don't like colin see this is where being a little drunk last time sort of comes into memory fuzz but like i know i definitely said orioles making the uh playoffs would have been like a decent plus money future for sure and that team so them the Red Sox and the Pirates have all been just hilarious, like high scoring. If you just want to see hits and just runs and shit, they don't have good enough pitching. So the thing that concerns me with that Orioles one is they need to acquire better starting pitching. But I think the start of the year went a lot as planned. Uh, out like out the gate like most of the teams have looked where i sort of expected them to be i think the padres were a little bit of a surprise because they went like maybe one and two against the rockies and i wouldn't say i'm like stunned and just blown away by how the rockies are playing perfect padres imagine having like your starting roster signed for the next 12 years that's the padres with the notable exception of juan soto yes yes uh, uh, and if you could pick on one, contract? you'd probably pick him. Yeah, what's what's his contract like? I can't remember. I believe like, he's on through next year. Yeah, so it's one of those things where do you really want to get re-signed by the Padres? Uh-huh. They're going to yeah, offer I mean, a fuckload of money, though. God, I know that cap space in baseball, no cap space in baseball, is, I'm fine with that. But well, God forbid how much. All the cap space, right? 
infinite yeah. cap space. Yeah, sorry. No cap. Yeah, no cap <laughs> limit. Just, if they do that, I mean, it, it still might not pan out and be hilarious that way. It's just like, how the fuck are they dropping, you know, $800 million on four motherfuckers for, you know, or actually, I mean, Machado's already half a bill himself, roughly, or whatever. Like, had just, goddamn, where they where this money suddenly come from. Hey, I mean, it's kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about their, their ownership, about their financial situation, where the money comes from. But it feels to me like one of those things where, like, imagine if, Sam, imagine if you will, the Reisendorf family sat down and decided, you know what, I don't want to be mediocre anymore. And, you know, it said, fuck it. Let's throw down a bunch of money. Let's get some good players. Let's sign them for, like, a lifetime contract. That's what you're getting in the Padres, I think. I think I think whoever – I don't know. I don't even know who the owner of the Padres is, to be completely honest. But you get the feeling because they've made lots of good moves. And what I think to be good signings, even if they're signing guys a little long and maybe overpaying them, that's somebody who's sitting down and it's like, you know what? Let's buy a team. Let's bust out the checkbook. Let's, get, let's bring some success to this ball club. And it seems to be working. Uh, I would like you to know that the White Sox fan base as a whole is specifically, collectively very jealous of the San Diego Padres for everything that you're just outlining. The two teams had, a couple years ago, pretty similar um, trajectories and outlooks. And the Padres have seen their owner, Peter Seidler, for what it's worth, go all in on just spending money trying to get them over the hump going holy shit we got to compete with the Dodgers every year like what's it going to take and slapping the money down whereas the Sox have like gone with their their style of oh let's extend our young guys early hope they pan out get them at a discount and then try to catch lightning in a bottle we'll sign high-end free agents in the bullpen and at catcher because they don't command contracts that high-end hitters command and that's where we don't shop yeah, when was that last White Sox uh, World Series? You mean the, the, the Astros defeat in 2005? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like at that point in time, I mean, granted, we were young, so we didn't really have a look ahead, but at that point in time, wouldn't you look at that and say, like, oh, man, the Padres are going to be like the A's forever? I mean, yeah, the Padres <laughs> around that time, legitimately, yeah, they were they were rough. Um, I, I I know I mentioned, hey, we want to look at who we like, who we don't like, uh, MVP and stuff. But I do want to – I can't forget this. I have this in my notes. Uh, the pitch clock. I don't even notice it. I think that makes the game noticeably better. I don't notice the games being that much shorter, but I like the pace of play. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been fine with it so far, honestly. It's been, it's been a hit as far as I'm concerned. Like, I'm not even think- noticing it. Hearing like hearing analysts and stuff talk about it, I think it puts an interesting wrinkle that we're going to see the first half of the season. You know, maybe through the like the All Star break, while guys kind of figure out like their new batting like um, procedure, sort of like when do I use my timeout? When do I? You know, how do I? I got to study pitches more. I got to be more ready when I get to the plate and use that timeout. You know, very structurally to try to get on base. So I believe I'm correct. Um, I thought it's the first ejection. Dylan, do you know who the first uh, player ejected from a game for arguing about the pitch clock is? Oh, I don't know, but it's going to be like, oh, I don't know. I believe, unless something happened this weekend I didn't catch, it was today with Manny Machado, 
who was known to get thrown out of games for you know just balls and strikes in general. <laughs> but he was he got called for an automatic third strike because he was in the box with like seven seconds as seven seconds left trying to put his gloves like and then he tried to call time but it was like a moment too late or a second too late literally and they called him for an automatic third strike who just got thrown out for like the first time um oh it's on the tip of my tongue somebody uh last week in uh, like opening day or the second second day Somebody got thrown out that had never gotten thrown out before for something really stupid, like asking a question or something. Um, mm, he's I'm got not sure. like he's got like a Caucasian first name, but a Hispanic last name, or maybe I'm getting those flipped. You're not thinking uh, of the JT Real Muto thing, yes, right? With, yes. Oh, you are. Oh, that was, was like that was spring, wasn't it? That was spring. yeah. Was I think that was oh, but, that's where right. The ump, it was where the ball. ump was going to put the ball in his glove, like he's the catcher. Yeah. And he he pulls his glove early, yeah. and so the ump drops it. And I that was during I mean, spring because like, I was like, yeah. oh yeah, good thing. Like his first, the first time he's ever thrown out, that's not actually going to hit the stat sheet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, also it was what a just like ejection. Yeah, no, If I don't know if you listened to them talking about it, but, like, the last ball that uh, the ump had to give out, he threw to the pitcher instead of giving it to Real Muto. Right. And so, of course, he, like, did his hands back quick enough, and they were like, and then he just didn't feel it, and that, that was the whole ordeal, which was stupid. Okay. It was so fucking dumb. Uh, the, so, okay, the pitch clock, I think we're all good with. I mean, it just adds an interesting wrinkle to the game, keeps it moving. The one thing that I am torn on because i hate it fundamentally but i'm starting to see the good the bright side of it is the banning of the shift now hear me out before you i've mentioned this before how it it causes me confusion in my head i'm like I'm, i'm confused on whether i like it or i don't i understand it's there so more guys get on base right they want more you know they want more guys to get on base and more singles and doubles rather than okay the only way you're going to get on base is if it bounces off the fucking wall or if you you uh, bang it out to one of the corners and you can hit a double or a triple because the outfielders can't get there in time i get that yeah what i don't what i'm not cool with is the idea of just banning like just a defensive it's not you can't even just call it a defensive strategy just like defensive positioning. It's like it's like in football, right? On defense, you can put as many guys in the box as you want, right? If you want to put all 11 guys down in the box rushing the passer, you can do that. It's going to fuck you when, you know, you have five wide open receivers or you can put eight guys in the box, which might fuck you when you only have three guys in coverage. But you can do that and there are consequences to that. So rather than making the offense try to figure out, okay, they're going to shift, they're going to shift for a right-handed batter who always hits to this side. Well, shit, maybe that batter should learn to hit to the other side of the uh, the field, or, or you know, learn to take his pitches a little better. I, I I like the scoring aspect and more guys getting on base. I don't like that we've seen we've seemingly artificially inflated those statistics now by banning something that is just. I don't know, maybe not just part of the game, but it's just defensive, just a typical defensive strategy. I don't know. Uh, yeah. See, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think typical is the wrong word, though, and I, I see what you mean by, like, artificially inflating stats, but really, historically, I mean, you could basically make the opposite argument that just nobody had the, 
the thought of, oh shit, we need to shift every left-handed hitter because we can do it with, with very limited consequence. Um, and, and so, I mean, historically, the stats compare to what they are now in terms of like guys being able to hit the ball through the hole on the, between first and second base and get on base for doing it. It's really only been in the last handful of years that kind of all of this, this information age shit hit baseball and that started happening. I've, I feel you on like on principle. I don't like just pretty much banning like a, an element of strategy like that because you're saying, ah, no, fuck that. You're not allowed to because you're not allowed to when, I mean, the game still goes on with or without it. But honestly, I, I'm happy with it in practice. I, I've, I've liked it. I think it's a net positive. Because, okay, like in football – Yes, there are uh, limitations on your your offensive formation, but if you if you go back and look at the history of those, a lot of those are because of some formation that is just so stupidly overpowered. You know, like like we we banned the flying V or the flying wedge or whatever you want to fucking call it because one guys were getting hurt and two it was really hard to stop on kick returns and there, there's reasons for the rules where you can only have so many guys down on the line you have to have so many guys you know a step or two off the line there there's reasons for that because it was breaking the game Uh, but on defense you don't really have any of that in football because there's checks and balances and now i get in baseball those checks and balances started to go away uh because the shift was being was was getting so effective but i i think i think offenses and batters could have caught up you know Rather than like banning defensive strategies and and defensive moves. Oh, so I, I think I got a good at least reason to say that. So in football, who do you think's at the bigger disadvantage, uh, offense or defense? Defense, because the offense knows the play and they know the count. Exactly. Would you say the same for baseball though? I wouldn't. I would say offense is much harder to do. So you're so like when they make those changes to the offense in football, it's to help the defense be more like have it more fair. And so I think it's inverted for baseball where the shift, it's already so hard to hit the baseball, let alone try and place a baseball every time you hit it when you when you do make contact, that they're trying to take away this advantage the defense has to level the playing field a bit. Okay. I, I can see yeah, that. I, I like that. I like that too, Colin. And another thing I want to point out, Dylan, is that in theory it does sound great to, to think, you know, well, the hitters can just learn to go opposite field because obviously there's some batters who make a living doing that and are, are slap hitters all the time and prove, like, you know, you can successfully push the ball all over the field and get hits doing it. But the thing is, even with the shift in place, analytically what teams were coming to the conclusion of is it's still better for our left-handed power guys to just swing for the fucking fences every time and the home runs they get are worth more than the singles they could be getting pushing the ball the other way so essentially it had it it altered the competitive meta of baseball in a way that no nobody was inspired to like zig away from because analytically they were still under the impression that they were playing the best way they could against the shift by not changing their strategy ever since baseball has evolved into a home runs game a launch angle game shit like that 
Um, so really, there there was no movement to, oh, we need to learn to hit opposite field in this time frame. It was just, well, I guess they're shifting us and batting averages are going down, but we're still we're still playing the same way, and it's high strikeouts, low on base percentage baseball, and the MLB wants to get away from that. However, they can pretty much force it to happen. So that's where I'm torn again. I like... I like what you said there, Sam. It, it kind of you, – you didn't say this explicitly, but your point was you're bringing some parity back to baseball, right? Like you're bringing a little bit more parity where guys who maybe don't have that skill to, you know, put the ball exactly where they want it, it that's not a switch hitter, you know. You're giving them that, that – uh, the, the same opportunity there to get on base, right? That's good. I, like I said, I like the scoring. I like that more guys are getting on base so far. But then you're kind of fucking over the guys who have like made that their game. Who doesn't matter where they're bat, you know, if they're batting left or right, they can put the ball where they want to. And and, and whereas those guys, you know, might have become more and more of a commodity, now all of a sudden it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that. I'm sure, I'm sure that's still great to have, but you know, Colin. Um. Uh, so the thing is, they don't have to shift you. If you can't do that, so yeah, well, like your point is, like those players, they may be becoming a rarer breed because they would just, but like they wouldn't shift you. They'd have to play you normal anyway. So those guys still have that opportunity. It's the it's the guys who aren't getting shifted because it's sort of again harder to hit a baseball, and that you know I wouldn't say it's gamesmanship evolved but like that sort of feels like what the shift became with once you got more statistics like all the stats and analytics and that shit so it's just i'd rather i i i I, it balances the game in my opinion i think that's this what i'm gonna have to stick with as my main reason but i i i don't those guys that can still spread the ball can't still get playing time tim that that's true, and like a, a good example here, just to, just going with my hometown team, but a legitimately appropriate example is Tim Anderson. He's a guy. He's a right-handed hitter. He doesn't really get shifted. He gets played straight up. He's made a career and an all-star career out of being kind of an old school. I'm going to bat 300 or better every year. I'm going to drive the ball opposite field. I'm going to do all this shit. Just make solid contact. Get on base that way. And that he still has those opportunities, but. It kind of circles back to my last point with if you're saying, you know, Tim Anderson is not going to be as hot a commodity as he would be in this other game style. I, I don't think that these players were going to be a hot commodity for the same reason I, I said is that teams still were just investing in, fuck it, we're getting guys who swing for the fences because they're analytically worth more in spite of the shift. So even if Tim Anderson can put the ball all over the field and they're shifting every time on a guy like Bryce Harper, and that's an extreme example because obviously Bryce is really fucking good, but your left-handed elite hitters that swing for the fences and suffer in batting average from the shift are still more sought-after players even with the shift in place than your guys like Tim Anderson. Corey Seager might be a better comparison for Tim Anderson in terms of being on a somewhat similar stature of player, but those opposite sort of play styles. Uh, and Seager is, was still the hotter commodity. I don't think Tim Anderson is going to get paid a contract comparable to what Corey Seager got from Texas. And I don't think the ban of the shift would have altered that one way or the other. Okay. Uh, I don't mean to cut our discussion short, but in the in the interest of time, I want to throw some quick questions out there to you. Um Calling you first, and then Sam, you're going to get the same question here. Right now, you have to pick 
Uh, who wins the World Series, Colin? Fuck, 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 fuck. Um, Braves rookie just had a really good start. Uh, I don't think they could do it, but they have such a well-rounded team. I'm going Braves. All righty. Sam? I think they trade for a pitcher later in the season, and boom, they make a run. Sam, you have to pick I, right now who wins the series. I'm going with the St. Louis Cardinals. Ooh, good one, good one. Um, I think that, and I'm going to probably bite myself in the ass saying this, I think this is the year the Angels put it together and do it finally. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did, I can't remember if I just, I mean, I think I said they're over on like their games and I thought them to make the playoffs at plus money was like decent, but my God, no, I just, well, I, I you, don't think they're that good. You mentioned earlier how they're going to waste uh, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani again this year. Oh, they are. And the, yeah, no, I mean, I think. Well, yeah, but they still—they're still probably another year of free agents away from being able to make a true run, unless they just shell out uh, for trade. Uh, because I don't think they have enough guys this year to do it. Their uh, their batting has gotten better, but their starting pitching is still not good, and that is uh, sort of an issue come playoff time. Okay, uh, Sam. Off the top of your head, pick a team that you think is going to surprise us this year, uh, in, in being unexpectedly good um it might already be kind of going to shit but part of me wants to say kansas city and that's that's kind of colored by my experiences as a Sox fan with them always playing us way tougher than they should and me just fearing them for no good reason even when they're dog shit but i think they do have some promising talent bobby Witt jr is hell of a hitter so, uh-huh I can see, and, and the division so wide open is the other thing. Like Cleveland and, and Minnesota and the White Sox, any of them could win 90-plus and win the division, but like none of them are so dominant that you feel like they are going to run away with that division. Colin, who do you think surprises us? Um, I'm going to go homer pick, man. I'm uh, the Cubs. I think they have made a lot of good signings over the offseason. Um the Cardinals could regress a little bit from last year. I think they had such a good ass stretch down the end of the season to make the playoffs that I could see them maybe not having that this year and maybe just more middling. The Brewers, I'm not believers in. Um, their pitching probably will regress from last year. Cincy and the Pirates still have a long way to go. I feel like in terms of talent, even young talent, I think the Cubs have a good chance in the Central. Could even squeak into the if they squeak into the playoffs. That would be quite nice, and I think their three starters maybe are going to be better than, or at least able to compete with other starters. And they have a decently good uh, lineup so far this year. I just I think catcher might be swapped out. Hopefully at the trade deadline. Good thing we totally retained uh, Contreras, but you know I think catcher might be something we need to solve. That or Tucker Barnhart's had a decent start, decent at bats when he's been behind uh, the plate. So maybe he actually turns into a decent starter. We'll have say as Suzuki back. I think there's a lot of good things to tidy up. Maybe the bullpen during the trade deadline. We also have a lot of young talent, and I if we if we look good, we could ship maybe a couple pieces. Give me Cleveland. I think they surprise everybody. I think uh, I think <laughs> I, I think I think Cleveland makes an ALCS ALCS uh, appearance this year. 
Okay. Yeah, I guess you could uh, consider that a mild surprise. I mean, they I would consider them the, the class well, of the AL Central to begin with, so I wouldn't consider it a shocker if they threw uh, playoff wins together. But I mean, They have these young guys starting to play real well. I think they starting have to go pitching up against the twins. could I mean, be decent. Basically, their, their competition for the top is the Twins. And the pitching I like, better than the Twins. Yeah, that's fair. Comfortably. But, yeah, I, I think, I mean... Maybe it's less of a surprise to you guys, but to me. Um, and then uh, Colin, uh, MVP. Sorry, back up. Did you happen to say, did we say the Cleveland Guardians? I, I said Cleveland. Okay. Oh, yeah, I did sorry. not say a mascot. I said Cleveland. <laughs> okay, we, right, we were too busy that. going like, surprise, that's <laughs> <I>, bullshit. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think he I thought he said Guardians, but I, I knew I'm, he didn't say. I, I'm said, horrible I, about that. I just said Cleveland. I don't do it intentionally, but I, I legitimately still call them the Indians all the fucking time. Speaking of Cleveland and baseball, uh, there's lo- we have to talk about uh, our one of these days we have a short week for sports, a week that's short on sports news. We need to talk about our favorite baseball movies. Oh, I can. I, I only have a couple, but I. It's gonna have to be a name. week that I'm sick and not oh. on the pod. Okay, <laughs> uh, call it. Call it MVP. You gotta pick right now. Oh God. Um. Let's go with. God, he's off to a hot start, so it seems like a bitch of a pick. But uh, Xander Bogarts. Okay. I That's don't think Machado's going to be the best one on that team. I don't think Soto does anything out of the ordinary. Bogarts with so much protection. I, he's looked good to start the year already offensively. That's in, his in first San year there. Diego. Yes. Yeah. He, got, yeah. he either signed or got traded this offseason. He was, part, he was um, part of the – we talked about trades. He's part of the trades we talked about. He was a free uh, agent. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he sure? was a free agent. Okay. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it's San Diego this year. Oh, God. Uh, not Slam Diego. That was such a bad tweet. <laughs> Fuck off. He didn't come uh, up with it is the sad part. Oh. The MLB official Twitter account has been out there saying, welcome to San Diego and shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, this is- <laughs> uh, some people may go, ah, that's a little insensitive to our, our Xanax addicted uh, family. No, it's just giving them the exposure they need. It's giving them the representation <laughs> they deserve. <laughs> Sam? I, can, I got a baseball team. MVP now. right now. Um, I, well, I, did we? Did he do for both leagues by chance? I'll do for just, both just leagues. Pick AL, one. they're gonna go back. Well, they're gonna go back to Otani. I think it took a fucking superhuman season from Judge to to pry that shit out of Otani's hands. I think he's gonna win it again in the AL. Give me Ronald Acuna Jr. out of the NL. Okay, I was gonna take. Uh, I was gonna take Goldie. Paul we'll Goldschmidt. Repeat. Yeah, I, I figure it's just uh, I, I don't know. I don't fucking know, man. It's just uh, I, I like him. I like the Cardinals this year. Let's do it. Yeah, fair enough. Let's ride. Yeah, I didn't pick a Cardinals country. Let's I, ride. I was trying to think of a more you know outside of the box guess, and AL it's just like all right, Trout, Judge, Otani, yeah, I mean, and it's probably going I, back to. I Otani. said you had to pick now. I didn't say it had to be like a dark horse pick. I oh, I know. I'm, I, I, I think Otani's I just, a good pick, Sam. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I just, I, I mean, with tr- surprising team to be good and all that shit, I was like, well, surprising candidate, and he's had a good start to the season. Uh, last thing I want to mention on baseball before we move on to Collins' cap and corner, uh, from what I'm looking here, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, higher odds, like he's in like the top seven odds for MVP. I mean... He's good. That's I don't insanity. think he's that good. Uh, there's no. I mean, he's gonna miss 
a month plus with the roid suspension, and then he would have to overcome the voters being willing to give him that after missing a chunk of time for a roid suspension. And he's no arguably the third best player on his team. That is the, not uh, the sucker bet of all sucker bets. So, would you yeah. agree with me that these that these two sport books are major sport books? You have FanDuel, and you have BetMGM. Major sport books, right, Colin? Especially as a UFC yeah. guy. Yeah. Both of them have him plus 1,000 right now, which is... That's... Oh. I, I feel like that's almost one just to trick you into throwing some futures money on it because... That is legal theft. Caesars yeah. has him and at 14. Everyone, if you bet on him in general, you're an idiot and should just rather light the money on fire. And perfect, uh, perfect transition into Collins' capping corner. Uh, did you either of you guys know that Sports Illustrated has a sports book now? Oh, I should have known. I didn't. Everybody's got did. a fucking sports book. Why not Sports Illustrated? We got Bet Fred. We got the uh, Pay Wage or whatever the fuck that is. You got, uh, eh, you know, Sports Illustrated apparently now. I feel like it's just the hot commodity. It's like it's like having medical marijuana in your state. <laughs> what business is going to spring up real quick? It's like having yeah, that more states. It's like having a cigarette sponsor on your race car. Hell yeah! Only <laughs> only smoke when you're getting gas. Like Dick Trickle having a smoke in the pits or a smoke on a yellow flag. All right, Colin. Oh. Colin's Captain Corner. Let's go. All right, let's start with our recaps. They might be a little light with uh, this basketball schedule slowing down there, but Sam, what's your good, bad, and ugly if you have all three? Yeah, nothing ugly this go-around, which is a nice change of pace for me, but for my good, I would like to take this official chance to formally say suck it, Dylan, for the White Sox winning on opening day in H-Town, spoiling the ring ceremony for that bum-ass zero-class fucking no integrity franchise known as the Houston Astros. I cashed out on that one. Thank you very much as underdogs. Uh, I'll give you that. That's that's the first time the Astros have lost opening day in several years. Wow. Yeah. Well, good. Well, suck it. (laughs) Anyhow, that's my good. Um, For my bad, it's not an ugly because, as I mentioned earlier, it was what I would consider a fucking classic, but I did have FAU Moneyline in their final four game against San Diego State, and I am guilty of kind of sort of counting my money a little bit when it was 50 to 40 owls, and watching that one slip away did sting. Yeah, that's tough. I mean... I, I I honestly I didn't bet on it, but I was going to lost track of time, uh, and fortunately, a minute like ten minutes late in the game, they were already up ten. I was like, I'm not betting on SDSU, and I'm not taking a fucking live inflated spread on FAU. So I got lucky as hell not to have that on there. All right, Dylan, what did you have from last week to? Uh, the good were the two Astros games in the series with the White Sox that they did win, and I had money line on both of those. That uh, one was like minus one forty. The other one was minus one fifty. Decent odds for a money line in baseball, you know, pretty pretty average. Um, so yeah, that, that feels good. The bad is definitely uh, White Sox beating the Astros on opening day after I took the Astros money line, and then finally my ugly 
because I put all of my eggs into one basket, and that basket was San Diego State. Not necessarily winning, because I did pick UConn to win outright. I put all of my eggs into uh, San Diego State having a real defensive presence and some real defensive pressure on UConn. I took San Diego State plus 7.5, and and this wasn't a parlay. These were two two singles bets, but then I also took them under 131.5 because I expected, you know, around like a 59-63 game, if not something really close, because I thought San Diego was going to, uh, you know, find the way to control at least half of that game. Um, Unfortunately, none of that happened. They were, um, they disappointed me, and I feel bad about that one. That's the ugly. That's what I got. All right. So I definitely got a minimum one in each category, but I'll make it brief. Um the good i had yukon i bet yukon both in their miami game at neg five and a half and then the first half neg four against uh sdsu so i was at least able to make some money along the way with them they were insanely good and i they kept it up at those first yeah the first start of the sdsu game i was a little concerned that they would be able to get that separation but fortunately that was not the case up 12 at half he didn't have to sweat that out from like the 10 minute mark on really um from that i'll go to i bet on the pfl the other day while intoxicated what i uh, just uh, the pfl is not ufc it's the professional fighters oh, league jesus it's on espn it is, is that uh, above or below bellator I would say it is just like a tick below, but, <laughs> but but the thing is, the PFL, like it's more because it's new, Bellator has that namesake, PFL's been bringing in a bunch of like, you know, guys who aren't making it in the UFC. Is that above or exactly, below like a local Wichita bar that has a cage fighting night? Oh, it is way, 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 way above it. Okay. It's... Sure. Yeah. That seems yeah. like a few too many ways. <laughs> <laughs> now the pfl has been bringing in uh, a bunch of like former ufc fighters that maybe had short careers they're not um so they were shitty or, they're bringing or a bunch they're of shitty to, ufc fighters or it's some guys on the end back end of their mma career because they do turn they do seasons technically for the fighters and the winner of the season gets a one mil prize which is probably more than they ever made in the ufc so it's worth the risk to jump over there so you hit bellator on the way up you hit the pfl on the way down oh i mm, <laughs> i bellator i feel like is not a good way to get to the ufc at mm, all fair. i i there's not a lot of crossover that goes bellator to ufc bellator if you're in bellator it's pretty much the highlight of your stuff just mainly because i feel like dana doesn't think those guys are as good so he doesn't sign them like he just doesn't do it he's scared about the competition um, but so i bet on impa kasangane who had a couple fights in in the ufc that i have watched he was neg 160 on the money line i had been drinking a little bit and there's a little gap in some sports that i wanted to bet so i was like fuck it i thought i was gonna end up watching the fight got distracted realized i had won the bet so that was quite nice because i follow just a couple accounts that post all knockouts from like even the regional obscure overseas circuits all he does is post fight highlights and like knockouts and shit so that's how i ended up remembering that i bet it um 
Going to bad, I'm going to touch some up on some soccer. It was on the third, so yesterday I had three games going at the same time that all ended up a goal short each. Uh, and I was I was just sitting there thinking I would at least get one of them to go over and feel good, but two of them were half loss, half pushes, and then the other one was an outright loss. So that was sort of shit. Going to ugly, um, I have Houston money line as a parlay that I had in their loss to the Tigers, just so I could reiterate the Astros fucking suck, even though I don't expect them to suck that much. Fuck them. So, okay, hold on. I texted you saying, like, hey, I've bet the Astros' money line in all of their fir- you know, the, their first four-game series with the White Sox. You're like, oh, fucking course you did. And then you go ahead and bet them in their first game against the Tigers. I... I uh, well, I just thought it was worth parlaying because they're playing the fucking Tigers. They're losing because they, uh, they're losing despite you, Colin. Stop fucking betting yeah, on them. Yeah, apparently. I I think. Oh no! I only had the White Sox team total in opening day, which was such a bummer because they rallied there and had multiple opportunities to score, but they put three up instead of four and fucked me. But. I'll just stick with my Houston money line loss as my ugly, and let's move into potentially some weekend betting next couple of days. What do you got for me, Dylan? How's about you start? Uh, I only got two this week, uh, so let's start with uh, Astros tomorrow night. Uh, give me uh, Astros minus one and a half, minus one hundred five versus the uh, Tigers. Although that's going to come to bite me in the ass because currently they're down five two tonight. So. Uh, I saw who was pitching earlier and thought it was a good idea. Oh, Christian Javier's pitching for the Astros tomorrow. So, eh, you know, uh, World Series savior, Christian Javier. So, I, I think I think minus one and a half is decent. Um, not, they that's won't not get, a They lot. surely couldn't get swept by the Tigers. Uh, that's by no means a lock. Uh, if you uh, if you take that bet, you're under you're at your own risk. Uh, but here's one that is a lock. Uh, I'm back on my bullshit. I found some snooker that I liked. Uh, I have Stephen Hendry tomorrow morning at five at four a.m. Sorry, four a.m. Central. Uh, that's that's over in Europe somewhere. Uh, but four a.m. Central here. I have Stephen Hendry uh, as plus five and a half points. That's a huge line. I think he can uh, eke it out. I don't think he wins outright, but I think he covers the spread. And that is minus 135 odds. That is versus James Cahill. Uh, I went to high school with a dude whose last name was Cahill, and I didn't like him. So uh, I'm going to pay that Inspired forward. work. Yeah. Uh, That's all I got. I was going I, I to bitch at you if you hadn't had brought Snooker back up in a while, but uh, you didn't disappoint. So, I, I only have Sam. one loss so far. Yep. Sam, do you have anything to look ahead? You already already got set in. Yeah, so I, I am going to go ahead and get on. I just went to go find the odds. It looks like the White Sox tomorrow are going to be neg 135 on the money line with Cease pitching against the Giants. I'm going to take that, not necessarily because I have faith in the Sox or even because I have faith in Dylan Cease, which I do, 
but purely based on the fact that the White Sox will be coming into that game at 2-3. and three. And as the most 500 team ever, they are bound to win. <laughs> the next day, I will be laying off because you never know. They might win, they might lose. But whenever they get to 4-3 and three or 3-4, three and four, you bet your ass I'm going to be betting on them getting to 4-4 four and four the day after that. So that's my system at the moment. We'll see when that betrays me. Uh, we need so to keep track I, of this to see like if that works. I was I was gonna say try and check if they are under or over five hundred which way they need to go to five hundred their money line I don't plan to bet it but I say I'll, we can track that that's easy I'll I'll be down to do that and see if when they're trying to climb to five hundred betting on or against them do you end up plus money at the end of the year Cool I like it. And I can probably go find the first four games. I well, I know Sam bet one of them, so I know that one will have its money line. You'd be two and zero so far because they they lost to go to <laughs> one and one, and they they won to go to two and two. Yeah, so at least up fucking two and a half, probably three units, depending on if those were some nice plus money. I'll I'll find it. We'll keep we'll recap it each week. So if they're at five hundred, you just don't bet that game. Don't bet that game. You don't know which way it'll go. That's a wild card, man. You're a Crap fucking you. psycho. Uh-huh. You, you might luck out, and then you, yeah, you might luck out and get it right. Then you'll know where to go from there. But that's that's luck at its best, right there. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Sam? That's all I got for now. I feel like it's it's a little tough for me to project it's, it's far very, out the future this time of the year. Yeah, college basketball, we could do that towards the end of the year because we have better ideas and also, you know, not day-to-day movement. It's going to be pretty, you know, all right, today I like this without us being on record. So it'll be it'll be a little tough with baseball. Um, going to myself, since, as I just said, baseball's a little tough to go, you know, down the road for the weekend, all that good stuff. I went strictly with the UFC. We got a pay-per-view card this weekend. Um, I... I ha- There's a couple bets I like in there. Um, starting with Neg Money, I would go with Pereira Adesanya at aside the distance. That's your main event title fight. This is the fourth time they're fighting across all uh, combat sports. Pereira's beaten him both times in kickboxing and then beat him in the UFC. So I think per- uh, Adesanya's you know, fighting for his legacy pretty much at- against this guy He's not going to want this fight to go to a decision. Pereira has KO power like a motherfucker. I haven't found odds on it yet, but under 4.5 was plus 105. I expect it to be about neg 120. think it's a good bet. I also have uh, in this Gilbert Burns versus uh, Jorge Masvidal, who you guys may recognize the name of. Is that a snooker, and, that uh, a snooker game? Snooker match? Oh, no, this is also UFC. All my <laughs> stuff's UFC this week. Um, but... Masvidal's coming back from jumping Colby, Colby Covington while in Miami, and uh, I don't think he's that good of a fighter anymore. Burns is very good, well-rounded, still trying to get another title shot. I have that under 2.5, which I think is a risk for sure, even though it's neg odds. It's neg 130. I think Burns gets him out of there pretty quick, like he did in his last fight. Uh, I can't remember who he fought in that last one, but he had him out, I think, in under 1.5. So... From there, I'm going to go plus money with uh, Christian Rodriguez. He's fighting some 18-year-old kid who's uh, big. He's, a, I think, a really good jiu-jitsu guy. He's a submission threat for sure. He, 
Um, but I think at a cer- certain point, you know, your undefeated phenom meets an untimely finish, and this guy that he's fighting has submission wins. I think he might be able to do well on the ground. He's plus 182. I think a little more experience gives him a, a leg up against uh, Raul Rosas Jr., who you guys should look up and uh, just be scared of. He's got a face. Um, from there, I end with Alex Pereira, money line. He's defending champ, beat Izzy all three times, as I just said. I think he keeps it up, and Adesanya just can't beat him. He's he's that dude's boogeyman for fighting. He's plus 115. I like my slate so far. I'll probably have more on that card, but I really like those bets. Oh, Jesus. He's got... Ugh. Yeah, no, and you should hear him speak. They've fucked with it. He's He's got some speech impediment, but <laughs> someone after... After he won one of his fights... guy who looks up. like that has a speech impediment? <laughs> well, Color me yeah. surprised. But someone dubbed in... Uh, is it Donnie from The Wild Thornberries? <laughs> While he's talking, and it is so goddamn funny. Because like, it, like, it looks reasonable on just like... Ah, he looks like he might not be able to be literate or able to speak. Uh, and for the uh, listeners at home who can't see this, Colin currently like hunched over the back of his... Uh, desk chair because i'm sure he's gonna piss himself soon i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna shit that's for sure uh so with that any last words gentlemen i think we got the last words we needed from Collins. <laughs> go cubs go <laughs> go the astros uh, go stros and that will conclude our garbage sports opinions for tonight go check out our twitter at three planes sb that's at the number three P L A I N S S B to keep up with our sports betting adventures and spreadsheet and keep an eye out for future podcasts on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or wherever the hell else you get your podcasts from. And remember quitters never win big and big winners never quit. We're out of here. <laughs>